the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sometimes I just want to hear the theme, I have to admit. I really That's like right. It. I heard it. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. And I am awaiting the guest on the line because I have a very special one. Lot to talk to you about today. I have a very big report from Harvard for you. All right, are we on with our guest or not? Good. I see no name, but I see a line. It's just as good. David Harsani is. I am here. Good. Great to see you. And uh, well, I don't see you. Senior writer at National Review, nationally syndicated columnist, author of five books. I'm one of his readers. Eurotrash, Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. Well, you know, the irony, uh, David, is that there are a lot in Europe who are now saying we better reject the woke ideas coming from America. What do you say to that? Well, they're right about that. I, uh, I think one of the things that we don't do as well is that we have here that they don't have is, is wokeism. Uh, you know, countries like France and elsewhere have, have tried, their leaders at least, have tried to reject that kind of thinking. And certainly that that is a difference uh, that I think Europe does better than us, for sure. So uh, One of the few things, though. I'm going to say it again. One of the few things you One said? One of the few things. Yeah, yeah. right. No, no, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I just wanted to point out how bad things are. Euro trash w- must be rejected, but right now there's unfort, which kills me to say, since I love this country, America trash. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's sort of import export of trash. Anyway, let's get to your uh, your theme: why America must reject the failed ideas of a dying continent. So there are two big statements in your subtitle. And that is failed ideas and dying continent. Let me begin with the latter. How is Europe dying in your view? Well, it's dying literally, I guess, by because it's an old place. Uh, Europeans do not have children. Germany, I believe, is the second year oldest uh, advanced country after Japan. Um, and because they don't have children... I think that the, the place loses its vibrancy. It becomes more insipid in many ways, but also it, it has to make up for it by allowing mass immigration. And obviously, at least obvious to me, is that there's nothing wrong with immigration itself if you do it right. But in Europe, they don't do it right. We, you know, setting aside illegal immigration for a minute, it, our immigration policy has been the most successful in, in mankind's history. Uh, we assimilate people in incredible ways. I live near D.C. here in my suburb. There are people who live next to me who would be killing each other in other situations. Pakistanis live next to Indians. They send their kids to the same schools, etc. This is a miracle, a, a miracle in human history, and um, we don't see that in Europe, not today. You have generational ghettos 
places with extremely high unemployment, but most importantly, people who don't accept the ideals of liberalism that once defined European life, or at least, you know, notionally sometimes, but uh, they don't accept it, and there's no assimilation, so it creates all kinds of tensions in society, hyper-nationalistic um, blowback, things like that, and it's just unhealthy, and we, we don't have that, at least not yet. Uh, I, I cannot emphasize how important your points are too much. So let me just tell my listeners that they have, if they're regular listeners, they've heard me say on a number of occasions, a first-generation Turk in the United States is is uh, your neighbor Joe. Uh, a third-generation Turk in Germany who doesn't speak Turkish, who's fluent in German, is still a Turk. And that has been until, unless unless the left stops that, because they're dividing Americans for the first time by, by ethnicity, uh, that has been the unique achievement of our country compared to Europe. Is that a fair restatement of what you said? Absolutely. And the, the woke kind of outlook where, it's, you know, identitarian, you are your color or, or you are a Turk rather than an American first. Uh, that is an incredibly dangerous idea because it divides us in ways that we've never been divided before. That's right. That's exactly right. So uh, it's a dying continent, literally. You don't, you don't only mean its ideas are sclerotic. It is, they're fading away because they don't give birth. Yeah, they're literally not. Yeah, they're literally not having children. Now, we're on the same trajectory, just slower. And I should be quickly mentioned as well that some people do have children in Europe, and those are mostly Islamic communities and immigrants. And, and as we mentioned before, if they're not accepting that they're French or German or right. European, so that's no help. Having many kids, yeah, that's, that's of no that's help, help to the country. Exactly. No. So, by the way, I, I'm going to just bounce an idea off you. Completely free to reject it, uh, but I am an outlier in conservative life in that. My explanation for not having children is a religious one. Secularism does not produce the urge, the need, the value of having children like religion does. Well, I I will do one better, I think, and tell you that I am a secular person, and I believe that faith is incredibly important in in that regard and in many, many others. The more religious people are, the more patriotic they are, because the more they believe there's something bigger than themselves. They don't look to the state, they look to something bigger. And in the United States, that has always been the case. The more religious you are, the more you believe in the Constitution, as it's supposed to be believed in as something not handed to you by government, but by God. And in Europe, people have constant, constantly been looking for ways to replace that. So they look to fascism or communism, or this giant bureaucratic state they now have. And um, that's why also I think they're having fewer children. I think that's why they don't treat life the way we do, with the respect that we do. And that leads to a lot of the other problems we see. See, you're, you're my ideal. The, I don't care whether a person is religious or secular. I care whether they understand how important religion is. You're in the latter category, and, I, and I'm just thrilled to, uh, to hear that. I, I, I don't, as I said, I don't care what you are personally, but to, to understand the centrality of faith to the to the democratic Western experiment, that's what matters to me. It is 
Yeah, I mean, it's so vital in the United States, more than people I think some understand. There are in this country, there has been a competition, not only economically, but of faith and the way faiths uh, compete against each other for parishioners, let's say, or, or through ideas. But it's always been a big part of community and localism and things like that and family. And without it, uh, this is why I oppose a welfare state as well, because it just takes it elbows out charity. It elbows out churches. It starts to dictate morality to you. And I don't trust politicians to do that. And that, I think, is just a big problem with the welfare state in Europe and the growing welfare state that, that progresses, for the most part, want to build here. God, those words are gems. So, again, the subtitle of David Hassani's book, Euro Trash, which is up at DennisPrager.com, is Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. So, we first discussed the dying continent. Now let's talk about the gist of the book, the failed ideas. Why don't you give them an order of importance? Well, the most important, as I just mentioned, though it's not as exciting to talk about, is the gigantic gigantic bureaucratic state in Europe. It's layered from Mm top-down European Union and so on. Uh, the European Union actually was based on the idea of American federalism initially in the 50s when people first began talking about it, but it's lost. It's become much more centralized where it's crushing or trying to crush um, local cultures in the way that Hungarians have a long culture that wasn't born yesterday and matters to them and French have their own, etc. But the European Union tries to make everyone essentially be the same or more like Germany, I guess. The problem with that, of course, is that you see it in America recently. The CDC starts running the country or, you know, Donald Trump's elected and the State Department decides they can't be president. This is a dangerous thing for any kind of democratic state or a republic. Um, so that to me is and that, that ties into the welfare state. So that's problematic. The loss of faith is problematic. But the uh, immigration policy is problematic. But also there is a cultural difference that uh, Americans are self-selected risk takers. When you come here, you are probably willing to take on more risk. That's why we're more creative. That's why we're more entrepreneurially minded. That's why we live in a meritocracy. Um, Those things don't happen in Europe, and it's partly because of how they are. They're more docile than we are, I think, in general. But also, I think it's because of the culture and the high levels of regulation. Good. All right. I want to talk about that when we come back. Euro trash. Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. David Harsani, the book is up at DennisPrager.com. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks... I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Hey, everybody. 
talking about America and Europe. Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. The book is Euro Trash. David Harsani. David Harsani is my guest, National Review, syndicated columnist, etc. And Sean, just a note that once again I was kicked off the internet here. This is now a daily occurrence that I know, I'm well aware, I'm well aware that doesn't answer my problem, but that is the way it goes. David Harsani's book, again, Euro Trash. So the worst of the ideas is not, as you pointed out, even use the term, is not sexy, big government. And yet that is that is it. That's the crusher of everything. And that was imported to the best of my knowledge, at the end of the 19th century from Germany. Bismarck created a socialist government to keep Germans from moving to America, and the rest is history. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, you know, a fight since then, and Germany had a great bureaucracy after that. Even Austria-Hungary had a huge bureaucracy, it was well known. And this was government stifling innovation, creating dependency, and it's, you know, it's, it's lasted till now, though I have to say after World War II, many European countries, or some European countries, especially the losers of that war, adopted American ideas about capitalism for a bit and had huge economic growth, um, including Nordic nations, actually, who, who only began adopting more socialistic or more, I wouldn't even call it socialist, more statist viewpoints in the 70s. And then their growth actually slowed from that right. point on. Because socialism spends the money that capitalism creates. Right. You, you, you just you can't can't afford a big government if there's no money being created. So, is there any any country on earth now that America has become Europeanized by the Democratic Party? Is there any country on earth that believes in limited government? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you know, not listen, I, I, we're not a perfect country. Obviously, it almost doesn't need to be said. No one believes that. But um, there are some European countries that are better than others as well. You know, I think a country like Switzerland has lower regulatory uh, burdens, etc. But I just want to quickly say, I also don't think that Americans realize how rich they are sometimes just on per capita basis. One stat that really, you know, sort of, surprised me was that Britain, if you took Britain, we invaded Britain, made it a state, it would be the second poorest state in the Union after Mississippi per capita. Most European states would be in the bottom third. It's not even close. You know, a lot of people praise Hungary, and I actually am sympathetic with some of the things they're doing there. I understand why they're doing it, but they have, uh, their per capita wealth is $10,000 under an average person in Mississippi. So I just think the wealth we generate on the scale we do. When you're talking about Sweden, I think it has 9 million people. We have 350 million people. We're constantly uh, allowing new people to come in here who also generate and build wealth. There is no, I have challenged people to show me a single immigrant group that comes here that does worse at home than here. That includes Scandinavians. It includes the British, anyone. And you can't because it doesn't happen. What a great series of points. We, we We don't know what we have. Well, well, we conservatives do. The non-conservatives, meaning everybody who teaches our children, they, they, they don't. 
You know, I studied in England. My junior year abroad was in England. And I was, I, I remember one of the things that most opened my eyes was visiting homes of people in the middle class. And middle class, I mean, truly middle class. And I just remember thinking in the U.S., this is not middle class. The middle class is way richer than the middle class here. People go to tourist sites, you know, <laughs> on vacation, and they think that's Europe, right? Um, so they don't understand. I think, they, I'm, I'm not sure if I have the number exactly right, but I think an average home in the United States is around 1,000 square feet bigger than the average home in Europe. Right, um, right. Now, pe- people want us to feel guilty about that. I don't. I think it's great. I think that uh, we basically live in mansions. Most people in the middle class out in, you know, suburbs live in what would be considered mansions by European standards. So the the first and foremost lousy idea that America got from Europe is big government, bureaucracy. Talk about Brussels for a moment. I don't think people understand how squashing <laughs> uh, the, the EU is of individual countries. Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, the Europe. I had mentioned was based on the American idea of federalism, where states, uh, nation states would have their own freedom to, to educate their own kids, say, or, or, or deal with things that weren't, you know, about economic. Mm, we're breaking up here. Why does this happen, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I'm sorry, David. I lost you for about 10 seconds there. Sorry, can you hear me now? Uh, you're breaking up again. Uh, by the way, talking about uh, um, America and its companies, basically our uh, uh, our phone companies stink. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the number of uh, – I had better connection in Africa on cell phones than I do in the United States. I mean, that's one example of failed uh, uh, capitalism in America, and I can't explain it, maybe because they don't have any competition. I, I don't know what it is. Anyway, it happens with with uh, guests almost every uh, every day. So go on. We we're talking about the EU, right? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's crushing now. If you look at Eastern Europe and Hungary, who have passed laws that protect their national ideals, or that protect, or are more social conservative in nature, the EU will immediately come down on them and try to punish them for it. Um, it, it undermines national self-determination. And I always think to myself, and others have said this, that, you know, there's no one who's going to pick up a rifle and defend the European Union. It doesn't mean anything. It is just an economic uh, agreement, essentially. But people have died for Hungary and Poland and, and Germany and France, etc. But there's no meaning in the European Union. And trying to crush nation states essentially in Europe to create one big blob called the European Union. I just don't think that the long right. prospects of that are going to work. All right, back in a moment. Euro Trash is the book. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about an interesting supplement that has made a big deal in my life. I had the, the pins and needles feeling in my feet. I've had it for about 25 years. It got quite intense. So among the things I did is I had inserts put in, which helped because it lifted the bone from the nerve and I threw away the inserts last year after I started taking nerve renew 
I read about Nerve Renew on the internet, and so I tried it out. And amazingly, after about a year, it doesn't happen overnight, I got rid of the inserts I had worn for 10 years. It's minimal, the uh, the pins and needles effect that I have. I'd like you to try it out. Go to NerveRenew.com. They offer two-week trial of their product and a one-year money-back guarantee at NerveRenew.com or your two-week trial now. I asked them to advertise. That's how effective I think the product is, NerveRenew.com. It's an important book. So I am continuing to speak to David Harsani. The book is Eurotrash, Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of the Dying Continent. Book is up at my website, DennisPrager.com. So one of the responses that I hear regularly, including sometimes from callers to this program, is, what are you talking about? Don't they have great nationalized health care? I know you address that. I'd like you to do so now. Um, yes, European healthcare is, is, is fine. It's, I don't think in any way better than ours, um, other than cheaper because the government pays for it, which in the end isn't really cheaper for, for the average taxpayer, of course. But, um, but quite often in other times in England, for instance, or in Britain, for instance, you have, you know, you have waiting times and, and lines for, for routine surgeries, for instance, that no American would stand for here. The idea that they have better access there in general is, is I think, untrue. The, the, the arguments they make for why we should adopt that kind of policies are misleading. I'll give just a quick example. Uh, longevity and how long we live. You know, they keep pointing out to European numbers that are higher, but there, that has nothing to do with health care. It has to do with things like our driving. We drive much more. We have higher vehicular deaths. Unfortunately, we have higher murder rates here, too, another thing that we don't do as well as Europe. Um, and those things, um, whatever, however problematic they are, they have nothing to do with healthcare delivery. It has to do with other things. It's lifestyle choices we make. By the way, uh, just on that uh, issue, because I I know uh, doctors, some doctors extremely well, they're in my family. Uh, the longevity uh, issue is also skewed in that. We have far more children born to unwed mothers, and their uh, their ability to live beyond early uh, early childhood is profoundly compromised by their family circumstance, which does not reflect in any way on American health care. So uh, you know, it's, it's not politically correct to note that, but not politically correct is a euphemism for true. So I thought that should uh, should be mentioned. So you you, you talk about the uh, about the health care. Uh, so in other words, let me ask you this: a a middle class individual, European middle class, which is lower than U.S. middle class, nevertheless middle class person who has uh, something wrong and and needs surgery, will be better off in which which continent, the U.S. or Europe? In the United States, and you know how we know that because when people in Europe have enough money in Britain, for instance, to have when you know because they need a certain kind of surgery, they fly to the United States to get it. I have numbers in the book; I don't remember them offhand about the numbers of people who come to the United States for for medical care. That's from Canada as well, 
where they have a similar European-style system. Now, it has to be said that not every country has the, in Europe has the same med- you know, medical and healthcare delivery system, so it's different. In Britain, it's basically it is a socialized system where the government runs the hospitals. And I have listed, you know, horror stories in my book about what happens to average, uh, an average person in England, for instance, who, who is, who needs knee surgery or something like that. They have long, long waits and it's not as simple as, as, as leftists make it out to be. What about, uh, I know you have a chapter on the Nordic countries that, that again, people say, oh, they're, they're the happiest countries in the world, Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. What do you say to that? Well, the first problem with all of that is scaling those systems to the United States. You'd have to tax people at a very high rate, and you'd have to tax the middle class and the poor to make it work and add a consumption tax on top of it. It's just incredibly expensive. But they are happy there because that's how Scandinavians are. You know, I have a poll in there about the Finns who 91% of them support the government always, no matter who the, who's in the government, because that's how they are. Um, we're not that kind of nation. We're a diverse nation. We have many different backgrounds and cultures, and we have many different ideologies and ideas about the world. We don't have that kind of uniformity of thought. We are not that docile or pliable, and it just wouldn't work here even if we wanted it to. But as I said at the very beginning, the worst part of it would be the massive bureaucracy that would be That's needed. That's right. Uh, all right. To make that happen. You wrote a great book here, Euro Trash, Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. David Harsani, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure again. Yes, the romanticization of European life can only be done by those who were ignorant of it. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Terry in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Hello. Dennis Prager here. Hello, Dennis. That's a first-time caller, and I uh, really enjoy your show, and also Prager you. Thank you. Um, this weekend, friends, friends of ours called us because their adult children had COVID and wanted us to get some... Uh, for my wife, who's an MD, to order some ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for them. And we called four pharmacies before she was capable of finding a pharmacy to fill the order. And this is a doctor? 
this is a medical doctor. They told uh, her that uh, unless she gave an ICD-10 code that was acceptable for the uh, drugs, that they would not fill it. This is the, uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's the first time in American history that pharmacies are saying no to doctors. And can I mention the names of the pharmacies? Absolutely. Go right ahead. CBS, Walgreens. We had to find a small pharmacy. That's right. All right. It's another argument for the, for the demolition of gigantic enterprises in this country. Big business is the enemy of the United States. Oh, it's coercion. It's it, coercion. They're corrupt. And they're ruining whatever it is that they make, and they're ruining the country uh, with their radical left-wing people like at Nike and Coca-Cola and Disney. I mean, it's endless. I don't know of an exception. Big business is the enemy of the United States. The left said that all through its history. Now they are the biggest allies of big business. The left and big business are the same thing, which is the breeding ground of fascism, when big business and government collude to suppress people's rights. That's what's happening in the United States. I have said this all of my life, big business is no ally of American values, all of my life, because it was true when uh, when Lenin did business with uh, American companies. American companies would would sell to the devil. They do sell to the devil. The NBA, the whore of the NBA with regard to China. America's a cesspool according to the NBA, but China, you can't say a word about China and Tibet, a word about China and the Uyghurs, a word about China and Hong Kong. Not a word! because they're whores at the NBA. And I reserve that term for very special moments. That's why I can't watch an NBA game. It's, it's a rotten enterprise, the National Basketball Association, if you care about morality. If all you care about is basketball, that's a separate issue. And I feel bad depriving people of the joy of a sport. But the NBA should go out of business, should be reformulated as a decent organization. It hates America and loves China. How sick can you get? That's pretty sick. Doctors being denied their, their prescription by the damn pharmacies. It's all, it's all a fraud. How big a fraud is it? Let's listen to the new Surgeon General of Florida, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, whom I know personally, just for full disclosure. Had on the show, had dinner with him. He's a very special doctor. You know why he's special? Because he has courage. Most doctors are cowards, just like every other profession. Why would you expect doctors to be any better human beings than anybody else? Here we go. You remember when people were telling you that these vaccines would stop transmission and the rates of protection were greater than 90%? Well, you know, guess what? Here we are 
about 10 months afterward, and we're finding that the data are showing that some of these vaccines, the protection from infection is less than 40%, and even less than that for some of them. As we now know, these vaccines are, are not preventing transmission. So sure, they reduce the, uh, the likelihood of transmission, and even that is sort of questionable depending on how far out you go, but they're not preventing it. So this idea that, you know, I've heard some leaders say things like, you know, we'll create safe workplaces by mandating these vaccines. Well, they're really decoupled because the infections can still happen whether people are vaccinated or not. I mean, that's very obvious, you know. And you remember, these people were also telling you that all these breakthrough infections were rare. Well, they're obviously not rare. In fact, they're common. And so, and so that's the truth. So this idea that the, the vaccine mandates are needed to create safe workplaces is a complete lie. It's continued to be repeated. And you should know that it's not at all backed up by science. In fact, the science says something that's completely the opposite. So, and that's a fact. Part of the reason that people are not comfortable, some people are not comfortable with these vaccines, is because the climate of dishonesty, scientific dishonesty, about the science, right? Whether it's natural immunity, denial of that in the face of data, or in the case of the vaccines, open, honest discussions about both effectiveness and safety. There's been dishonesty around that. The reality of what, uh, what, how safe these vaccines are is, is absolutely not public. Healthy people who've had adverse reactions after the vaccines, there's, there's been a concerted effort to prevent these types of stories, these experiences, from receiving the attention that they obviously should receive. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Americans can sense, many Americans can sense, that there's total dishonesty about the safety of the vaccines. That's one of the things the governor and I are going to work on. Yes. Well, the lies and dishonesty pervade by the American medical establishment. And now the Surgeon General of the state of Florida is saying this. God bless Florida, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her and Texas too. The lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So I was talking to you about how big business is now the enemy of this country. So here's a piece from Axios. Billionaires back new media firm to combat disinformation. Disinformation is the way Pravda would describe truth. The left calls whatever it differs with disinformation. That's, that's what you need to understand. A new public benefit corporation backed by billionaires Reed Hoffman, George Soros, and others. George Soros is as close to a diabolic figure as I know is living. And others, he, he uh, George Soros, I wrote about him about 10 years ago. You could look it up way before it became a big topic of discussion. 
on how to explain such a completely 100% destructive individual. Everything he touches is rotten, becomes rotten. So they want to combat disinformation. That's what they do when they when they suppress dissent. Billionaires, Reed Hoffman, George Soros, and others launching a to fund new media companies and efforts to tackle disinformation. The group will be led by Tara McGowan, a former Democratic strategist who previously ran a progressive nonprofit called Acronym. That's right. This is what they're going to do. Huh. She points to the bulwark, a center-right news site founded in opposition to Trumpism, as an example of the type of center-right news outlet it could fund. There was nothing center-right about bulwark. It's just a Trump-hating group of people who make, make it possible for the left to destroy the country. That's all the bulwark is if you want to be intellectually honest. They have nothing in common with conservatism. Nothing. Probably every single one of them voted for Joe Biden. And I wonder if a single person at Bulwark has actually apologized for voting for Joe Biden. Anyway, I don't wonder. I'm sure that none did. That's what we need, right? Another billionaire-funded organization to combat truth. This information is the euphemism that the left uses for the word truth. I have an incredibly interesting piece from the Harvard Crimson, the Harvard student paper, when we come back. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.